What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Phil from Costa Mesa, California, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dalamore. <laughs> Broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome to the show, July 5th, 2015, episode 137 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and as always, the almost killed by me while making dinner, Brittany Page. <laughs> yeah, that is a fact. It was a very close call. Anyway. I'm happy I'm still here, though. Come on. I mean, in all fairness... It was, it could have been a situation. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I was almost poisoned. Here's, here's what happened. Well, first of all, I think the audience might know. I think I've mentioned it before that I am, I like to cook. I, I enjoy it. It's cathartic. It's relaxing for me. And I made us dinner the other night. I, an impromptu session of chicken and dumplings. Mm-hmm. Chicken and dumps. Chicken and dumps, as Brittany is wont to say. And... At at the end, toward toward the end of the process, I realized I had not prepared what would be the dumplings, mm-hmm. and this was impromptu, like I said. So we had to scavenge for some of the ingredients, and the one ingredient in the in the dumplings, and I want to give a cooking lesson here, but it's it's flour, baking powder, salt, and vegetable shortening. And, right. and milk, of course. But right. So anyway, uh, we found some vegetable shortening. We did not. You did. I found some vegetable shortening. Uh-huh. I proceeded to use the aforementioned vegetable shortening. Uh-huh. And I proceeded to make the dumplings. They went into the, chi- the, the, the chicken and mm-hmm. dumplings mm-hmm. soupy mixture yep. to cook inside there for 20 minutes or so. And when I tasted the first one... It had a peculiar taste to me. Like it had dis- dishwashing soap well, in let me, it. Well, l- let's explain. Brittany's obviously very sensitive of my feelings relative to my cooking. <laughs> so so I asked her, after having took a bite myself, I asked her, how is it? She replies, oh, it's really good. I go, yeah, I don't like the dumplings. She goes, yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is what happens. So I wasn't necessarily lying. you were a filthy liar. No, I wasn't necessarily lying because the soup part of it was really good. Hmm. But the dumplings tasted like poison was in them. Like there was a raccoon turd inside of the dumplings. Wow, that... That's that's thermonuclear. That's terrible. It was a bad situation. So we investigated the matter because I thought that it might have been the aforementioned several times now vegetable shortening. Well, apparently, let's back up for a second. It turns out that you thought the shortening didn't look good before you put it in the dumplings. That is right. Vegetable shortening typically has a 
a very white. It looks like cream cheese. Uh huh. That's the color, and almost the consistency. But it's so it's kind of cream cheesy. It's just white. It's like white Vaseline. Okay. Except this was not white. This was clear almost. <laughs> yeah, it really was like putting Vaseline into the dumpling mixture. Right. And so I got up and I looked at the expiration date and it was two years Yeah, it expired, had, it expired in 2013. Yeah. So lucky to be alive, Jesse and Brittany are coming at you from the palatious i doubted world headquarters in lovely overcast orange county california well and thankfully we have bitter taste buds that put us on high alert when we're eating something that doesn't taste good so we can be alerted to the fact it's probably not good all right we don't need an evolution lesson or else professor page because i didn't even eat a whole dumpling i don't know how many you ended up eating but i my body would not let uh, me eat the dumplings i ate more than i'd like to admit (laughs) because i didn't want to this it's the best part i didn't want to I figured maybe it would get a little better. Oh, God. No. We've had this conversation before, though. I know about, something's about wrong with milk. you. If, you know, if, if milk is three days past its expiration date, if it's if it passes the smell test and, and, and the taste test, I'm, you know, I'm pouring myself a glass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, good to go. We're here. It is Sunday, Monday for you or whenever you happen to, to catch this episode. A lot going on. Before we go on, though, I want to drop the phone number, 657-464-7609. That is our number. If you want to reach us, reach out to us via voicemail. Leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. If you are voicemail averse, do not hesitate to email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So now that we have that out of the way with the how to get to us and how to reach us, and we do encourage you to to hook us up with a little of your opinion. That's all part of this whole moving the conversation forward. It is not just the conversation between Brittany and I, but it's all of our conversation. So do that, please. Uh, we've got some listener email. We've got a listener voicemail. Let's get to the listener voicemail first because it relates to what we've been talking about the past several episodes related to BYOB, and it's just another addition to that conversation. Hello, this is Todd from Washington. Hey, we were sitting around, we were drinking and enjoying some food, and we were talking about BYOB. And you guys had talked earlier about different scenarios and and how different people, you know, view BYOB. And I, for sure, am in the camp of, if it's BYOB, Bring your own booze, and it is booze, by the way, Brittany. Bring your own booze, and then you don't partake of anybody else's shit. BYOB means you bring your own, and then you drink your own. But anyway, we came up with a a good scenario um, of being able to partake in your own booze and not having to worry about anybody steal it. And the idea was bring a cooler. Now, it doesn't have to be some giant weird cooler, but a small cooler has a little zipper on it, you know, something that closes. Put your booze in that. When you when you come in, you don't look awkward because they make them with handles and they're decorative. Shit, my wife has one that almost looks like a purse. So anyway, you bring that in with your wine or your bourbon or whatever you're going to drink, and you keep it zipped, 
and then that is your booze that is zipped up. You set it off, you know, on the side. You don't set it up on the counter. You set it off to the side, maybe in the floor in the kitchen, somewhere where it's a little less inconspicuous, and then you partake of your booze when it's time to refill your booze. Anyways, love you guys. Keep it up. I thought this was funny. Bye. Thank you very much for the call, Todd from Washington. I I don't know. It is good advice, I guess. I, I just, my issue, and I, we haven't really even talked about this yet, Brittany. I, my issue with that would be that when you bring a cooler into a party, it amps up the possibility of you being labeled the dickhead. Yeah. And that's kind of the the whole issue here is that there's, it's a social minefield that you're navigating, <laughs> and I think bringing in your own zipped-up cooler would be detonation of one of the, <laughs> the mines in the minefield. Yeah, I mean, because I get what he's saying, though, because I tend to be more on Todd's side. We've already discussed this. Yeah. Where, you know, that is what BYOB means, okay? Right. And it can also mean beverage. So there we go. And, um, <laughs> but I would feel weird too, walking in with a bag and then, you know, oh, this, this cooler right here is mine. Right. Please don't touch it. Right. Well, you just <laughs> run that risk. So, and I know your apprehension is mainly with the appearing like you, the social faux pas right, or being a all. snob. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we addressed that. If you would also like to sound off about this matter, again, the phone number 657 464 7609. We got an email from a listener uh, who goes by Space Chief. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, they well, signed it off Space Chief. All right. Space, Space Chief has to say to me this. Jesse, in case others haven't brought you up to speed yet, Kasich is a bit more insidious than you seem to appreciate. Speaking of the governor of Ohio, John Kasich, prospective uh, presidential candidate this year. Who was someone that you were initially favoring. Mm -hmm. That's right. So Space Chief continues. He got <laughs> he got started slashing six million off children's hospitals, the Christian thing to do, and photo opping the give back of two million while gifting Bob Evans's American Greetings and Procter and Gamble with over eight million for interstate relocation and ancillary construction. Parenthetically, parking lots too. Money at the same time. He killed the money for rail from the feds, and though inheriting a minor surplus from Strickland in 2010, parenthetically, in spite of the crash two years before, sank the budget. Rail speed would not have increased by much, but the spur in construction and the fact that it was a first step needed regardless only hampered Ohio's post-2008 recovery by rejecting it. Even though less than one half of 1% of all Ohio land is in Ohio state parks and forests, he insisted on leasing oil and gas rights, in essence, giving cheap access versus actual market costs to drillers. I believe that measure was finally beat back recently. His state school board president publicly played the Hitler-Obama card. Of course, Kasich took no strong position and declined to even censure her. He's managed to make abortion much more difficult with provisions buried in budget bills, one just recently, and this one from the past, and then he links to a Huffington Post article from 2013. He's tried to force troubled youth programs to have a faith-based association in order to receive tax funds. 
He insanely changed setbacks for wind energy projects, wiping out two large projects in spite of great success with the first major farm. Of course, don't forget the anti-union debacle of his first term, his bespoken disdain for tornado victims, parenthetically, which he later walked back. Then there's been the all-out attack on voting hours, several attempts rolled back by the courts. I actually didn't have time to compile even this. I have other links as well, but this should help you see the dirt under the rug. Busy with several projects, but stumbled onto your podcast the other day on player.fm. Good show. Say thanks to Brittany as well, Space Chief. Hey, Brittany. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So listen, uh, Space Chief. Uh, goddamn, it's it's. I'm a grown man. I shouldn't have to say, <laughs> hey, listen, Space Chief. <laughs> All those things on their face sound terrible. Cutting funds for children's hospitals and, and everything else. We would have to see everything in its entirety to kind of look at look at it through a, a a larger lens a wider lens than just one specific cut and like rail they're trying to push through rail bullshit here in california it's a non-starter it just i don't know that it's going to uh be that much of a of a of a stimulus to the economy i don't know i don't know the specifics of ohio politics however my issue with John Kasich was whether or not he was for or against gay marriage. That was the litmus test. That's my litmus test, which I'm going to have to amend now that the Supreme Court has ruled because now it doesn't. Now, I guess my litmus test is if someone supports a constitutional amendment, right. then fuck you. Right. <laughs> So I, I do appreciate the time that you did take. That's certainly um, neat. We wanted to address it. I'll have to look a little bit more further. And once he officially gets into the race, we will certainly do our due diligence and look into him a little further and see exactly what his positions are, especially when he's considered one of the more moderate Republicans. We'll see. It's 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 hard to tell. I'm not really feeling all that great about Republican politics right now. Not like it's easy to feel good about it, but I'm in a pretty low place right now relative to my old team. So, But as always, thank you for the emails. We appreciate all communication from the audience very, very much. It's important to us, and we value it uh, greatly. Speaking of valuing greatly, I want to thank our latest Patreon supporter, Jillian. She is the, the latest and greatest to add herself to the ranks of our Patreon patrons, and we also very much appreciate that. And your stickers are on the way. On the way. And for everyone that has received stickers, we want to see where you put them. So you can tweet those to us. You can put them on the Facebook page. We want to see where they end up. Yeah, that would be awesome to post some pictures to the, to the website or to the, to the Facebook page. Or tweet them, like Brittany just said, there's no need to repeat it. What am I doing? I am not quite sure. <laughs> we are a little tired. What? A and also slightly poisoned. Uh, well, I, I'm i going to have to argue the point of poison. However, tired, yes, I'm very tired. But there is no excuse. I have an obligation to my audience, Brittany Page. Yes, you do. So let's get a little follow-up. What do you say? The Episcopal Church has voted to approve religious wedding ceremonies for LGBT couples. So that, I guess, is good news for those gays and lesbians who still choose to be a part of a religion 
that has scriptures in its holy texts that say they are an abomination. But I will, uh, I will forego that judgment and let you read the news, Brittany. The bishops of the Episcopal Church have authorized their clergy to perform same-sex weddings, but don't expect sweeping changes across the entire denomination anytime soon. They voted Wednesday to allow religious weddings for gay couples, but not every priest will necessarily have to officiate at a same-sex wedding. In resolutions adopted here at the denomination's general convention meeting in Salt Lake City this week, the bishops have endorsed new... New... I had to. New liturgies or services for same-sex couples wishing to marry in church. The bishops also approved changing the church's canons or rules governing marriage, making them gender neutral by substituting the terms man and woman with couple. However, clergy were also given the right to refuse to perform a same-sex marriage with the promise that they would incur no penalty, while bishops were given the right to refuse to allow the services to take place in their diocese. The compromise means that the same-sex weddings may occur after November 1st, 2015, with the full blessing of the church in places like Washington, Los Angeles, and New York, but likely won't take place in more conservative parts of the church like Dallas, Albany, or Orlando. Hmm. So kind of, a little bit, maybe? Who cares? <laughs> I, you know, listen, I know it's it's not loving and accepting of me to not be jumping, uh, doing somersaults right now about this, but it is a terrible, wicked organization that within its holy text, like I said, that gay is an abomination for man to lie with man, and the members of the community are supposed to take them to the city gates and stone them to death by throwing rocks at them because they are an abomination and their blood is upon them. Whatever. Don't, don't go out of your way, Episcopal Church, or any denomination, to change with the times because you're going to be doing yourself and your mythology a disservice by doing so. Ugh. Well, there are currently eight, I guess, branches, I don't know, faiths. Right, that, flavors. That do, <laughs> yeah, flavors, that um, sanction same-sex marriage. So, and that number has obviously grown since we last talked about it because of the Episcopal Church. Right, they're pulling a Mormon. They're pulling a Mormon church. 1978, or when Utah was going to get statehood, oh, hey, we just got off the phone with God and polygamy is no longer what we do. Oh, God just called, and uh, blacks are good to go now, 1978. They're doing the same thing. Well, and that might happen again because the the Mormon church just gave a donation to the Utah LGBTQ Community right. Center or yeah. something, um, and it the center helps with providing services to like homeless youth. Right. And so they are trying to... I don't know what they're trying to so, do. So but. Ho- homeless youth who, who, who don't feel welcome at home, who run away from home because of the fact that they're gay and not accepted by their families. So they run away from home because of the doctrine that's taught from the church to the people. It, it, it's, it's a cycle that they create. They should be funding those fucking things. <laughs> Jesse D sounds real riled up. Getting, getting a little worked up. So the flavors... Right, <laughs> yeah. that sanctions same-sex marriage, conservative Jewish movement, Episcopal Church, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, Presbyterian Church USA, R- Reform Jewish movement, the Society of Friends Quakers, 
Unitarian Universalists, of course. That's not even a religion. God damn. And the United Church of Christ. Listen, if your God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then his view on homosexuality is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's, it's asinine. It's disgusting. As we heard with what I just read about the Episcopal Church, I mean, they voted to accept it, but it still isn't necessarily being enforced. I mean, right, people can right. still refuse to perform them. Right. They're saying in the conservative sects of the church that it likely won't be accepted. Right. So really, I mean, they voted to approve it, but it's really up to the individual churches to decide if it will be welcome or not. Still. It's going through the motions is what it is. So that, th- this whole issue would be kind of the socially acceptable version of this the religious reaction to the Supreme Court ruling. Here is the less socially acceptable reaction. Rick Wiles on his radio show, True News, had this to say, while giving kind of a eulogy for America, it really sounds to me like he's just describing a conversation that he had with the almighty creator of everything seen and unseen. Several months ago, I said to the Lord, Father, people become really angry at me when I say Christians will have to leave America. Father, how much longer must I stay here? And here's the reply I instantly heard in my spirit. (laughs) Son, you stayed 17 years after I showed you what will happen to America if your country doesn't repent. Isn't that long enough? The 4th of July is this Saturday. I will not celebrate it. It has no meaning to me anymore. Uh, The America I knew and loved is dead. May it rest in peace. (laughs) It will not be resurrected. We threw away our Christian heritage in return for debauchery, pleasure, and sexual perversion. (laughs) The new country is Babylon. It is an open defiance to Almighty God. How can I pledge allegiance to the flag of a nation that celebrates sexual perversion, pornography, and baby killing? You can salute Babylon's flag if you want to, but I'm done with it. It's time to move on. Then move on. I'm not going to waste the remaining years of my life fighting and sparring with Babylonian pagans who (laughs) hate the God who saved my soul. The fields are white to harvest, and we are commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and to make disciples of all men and women, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what are we doing sitting here? You tell me. People continue to send me emails about news stories, conspiracies, and such. They act like the Supreme Court's decision last Friday is old news. They're already... On to the next news buzz to keep them jazzed up on conspiracy caffeine. They don't get it. Judgment is certain. Christians who are acting like nothing seriously happened last Friday are like people sitting on a sofa in a burning house. Fiery rafters are falling to the floor all around them, and they're sitting there with their TV remote changing channels pretending the house isn't on fire. How long am I supposed to continue reporting the news and commenting about it? Should I continue until America legalizes bestiality? Because that's where this is going. There is no end to the sexual perversion that this country has now opened itself to. 
the floodgates to sexual perversion, lewdness, sorcery, witchcraft, and rebellion opened wide last Friday. You haven't seen anything yet compared to the disgusting, vile perversion that much of the American public will accept in the days ahead. Wow, what a regular Louis C.K. <laughs> that was like the greatest stand-up act I've ever heard. Very funny. Very dramatic, very funny. There's several things that are troubling in this, and I always talk about the fact that obviously this has entertainment value. Guys like him or Brian Fisher or Kevin Swanson, they all there is an entertainment value to the things that they say. However, it is important to realize that he represents and his views represent millions, tens of millions of Americans, most evangelicals really truly believe that witchcraft is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Most of the people with whom I went to church as a child believe that sorcery (laughs) is an actual thing. Mm -hmm. It's a dangerous belief. So my advice to Rick Wiles would be get the fuck out of here then. If you can't hack it anymore, quit talking about it and buy your ticket to wherever you think is going to be backwards enough for you. I would recommend Saudi Arabia. They still practice some of the the same policies that you would love in your life. You, being a male, would have dominance over women. You, being a, a male... Would have, would have the ability to vote or enter into whatever entrance of buildings that you want. You can drive a car. It would be beautiful for you. Very reminiscent to the, the America in which you grew up and also which you grew to love. Now listen, I, I'm not saying that that America, the 1950s, is Saudi Arabia... But it's certainly a less free society than it is now. Well, no, he just he wants to live in a theocracy. He's saying that we're moving away from the Christian values. Right. No. We're mo- moving away from that and toward bestiality. Everyone keeps getting God things damn. confused because we have a secular government. And it's just that everyone else can have whatever religion they want. You have the freedom of religion. So it's... It's not that these are Christian principles, that everything was based on Christian principles. That would be discriminatory against other religions. And the whole point right. is to not discriminate against other religions. Right. Well, these nutters, listen, Louis Gohmert is a congressman from Texas, a nutter butter congressman from Texas, who believes that the separation of church and state, he, he calls it a one-way wall, that the government cannot interfere with the church. However, the church, it is their job, it is their duty, it is their right to interfere with government, to commingle because of the one-way wall. I don't think he understands how walls work. <laughs> but this is a prevalent attitude amongst these nutters. So there's this meme that's been going around how to tell if your religious liberties are being violated. <laughs> And so here's a couple examples of your liberties are being violated. Okay. Well, let's hear it. You are not allowed to attend a religious service of your choosing. Okay. That sounds like uh, your religious liberties would be being trampled upon. You are not allowed to legally marry the person you love. Obviously. You are being forced to use birth control even though it is against your religion. That would be a violation of one's religious liberty. You are not allowed to pray privately in your home or in a public place. 
again, that would be a, a terrible thing. You are not allowed to purchase, read, or possess religious books and materials. That is not a society I would like to live in. And the last one, you are not allowed to teach your children creation stories of your faith in your own home. No, that also would be terrible. All right, now here's examples of the same things, but <laughs> that illustrate how your liberties are not being violated. How they okay? are not being violated. Others are allowed to go to religious services of their own choosing, or even not at all. Hmm. Seems like not a violation, that right? Doesn't seem like a violation, no. Someone else is allowed to marry the person they love, no matter what your religion says. Yeah, someone other than you. That's what that should say. You are unable to prevent others from using birth control. Right, yeah. That is not a violation of you, your religious liberties. You are not allowed to force others to pray publicly. Not a violation of your religious liberty. Others are allowed to access books, movies, and websites that you don't like. Not a violation. And the last one, public school science classes are teaching children science. <laughs> and most importantly, probably that last one. Yeah, yeah. those your liberties are not being violated not, in those situations. Not being violated. All right, moving on to a little bit more follow-up. This episode's chock full of follow-up, everybody. Dylan Roof, the shooter of Charleston, South Carolina church, the murderer of those nine innocent churchgoers. Well, his sister, there's, she's been in the news lately. Uh, there's been an uproar and outcries to, to denounce this girl because she was getting married, I guess, the week that that happened. And they had to cancel the wedding. They didn't get their, a bunch of deposits back on their stuff. So either she or a friend of hers, I believe it's her, though, started a GoFundMe campaign to kind of raise some money to recoup some of the, the, the dollars that were lost relative to her wedding. Well, the internet, in classic internet fashion, freaked out. And they're calling her names, and they're, they're just they're going crazy about this GoFundMe, which made her take it down. So her name is Amber Roof, and her wedding was scheduled for June 21st, my birthday. But four days earlier, Dylan Roof decided to do what he did. Right. And so on her page, she wrote, quote, as many of you know, Michael and I, her soon to be husband, had to abruptly cancel our wedding day due to the tragedy that occurred in Charleston. It was supposed to be a day to start our lives together with our new family. Our day was the exact opposite. Our wedding day was full of sorrow, pain and shame tainted by the actions of one man obviously her brother. And she said, we canceled our wedding to protect our family and mourn the lives of those lost. Many friends and family members came into town and took time off work to be there for us. We could not ask them to do that again. So they did this GoFundMe page seeking donations to cover the lost wedding cost, pay bills and finance a honeymoon. They said, quote, we would like the chance to start our lives on a positive note. And they actually had planned to give 10% of all the donations to the Emanuel AME Church yeah. where the massacre took place. More than 30 people donated, raising more than $1,600 of the $5,000 goal before the campaign was removed. Because like you said, people started leaving comments like this one. You have a lot of nerve asking people to finance your wedding while your brother is sitting in jail and nine people are dead. So I am I under a, a, a miss? Uh, notion am I under an incorrect notion that she she wasn't responsible for the shooting right uh, she she no. didn't do anything to to support her brother doing that no and did she 
give aid to her brother, like relative to his escape or anything? Or No, in fact, I believe it was reported that she saw him on surveillance video on the news and called the police and gave her brother's name. Oh, so she actually helped in the apprehension of her maniacal, crazy-ass, hateful, racist, dickhead brother. She's not party to his actions. So the internet needs to calm down, in my estimation. I also, in his manifesto, he said that he didn't grow up in a racist family. Right. And that this was just kind of, you know, his own thing. Right. And I think it's really unfortunate that the internet did jump to this conclusion that just because she's related to this person that it must be her fault or that she must somehow be guilty right. by association. Well, the other thing is th- these GoFundMe campaigns, I think there's probably always the hope in the back of your mind that it'll go viral and you'll earn, you know, you'll be able to raise your money quicker. However, it's an easy vehicle to communicate with people you know to have them help you out. It's not necessarily going to the 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 depth and breadth of America to try to get the money. She was going to her loved ones, and here's a link, an easy access link to read what's going on, and you can donate. And it's probably in lieu of a wedding gift that you would have given. If you want to help us out, please do. It's just these maniacs on the internet, whether it be YouTube or Twitter, or in this case, this kind of a, a, a flaming torches and pitchfork kind of a, a mob mentality that doesn't think before they act. They immediately ascribe the traits from Dylan Roof to his innocent sister, who, who, who didn't just not participate, but she aided in the capture of her crazy-ass brother. So there were some people that were supportive. One person said, me and my partner finally have the opportunity to legally get married after dating for five years. I cannot imagine how upsetting this would be. Please accept my small donation as a token of my support. Another supporter noted that she also had a selfish brother who ruined a few of her special days. Someone else said a situation like this could have easily been me since my brother has threatened to kill my father on several occasions. I hope you can overcome the actions of your brother and know they don't reflect on you. So some people were, right. you know, sensible. And I don't, I just don't think that this even illustrates a lack of empathy on her part because, I mean, what is she supposed to do? She's out money here. Yeah. And I know it's not a normal situation for her anymore because she was thrown into the spotlight because of her brother who did this. But is she supposed to be punished too? Like you said, she didn't do anything. Right. So is yeah. she supposed to be punished as well? And for how long? Apparently for the rest of her life. It's... It, it's 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 disturbing. It's a bummer that the the will of so many we have to bow to sometimes because she should have been able to just ignore the entire situation. So our heart goes out to her. That's kind of a bummer, and uh, hopefully things look up and they're able to to raise that money, even for the honeymoon. That would be an awesome thing. All right, a little bit more on the Confederate flag. I wanted to address this. Brittany and I saw a meme last week that depicted well Brittany why don't you just read it okay so it shows the swastika flag and Mm -hmm. it says legal to sell legal to sell swastika flag and then it says it shows a picture of the ISIL flag and then it says (laughs) legal to sell okay yeah then it says a shows a picture then it shows a picture of the confederate flag 
and it says banned. Banned in big letters at the bottom. Yes. So swastika flag, ISIL flag, legal to sell, Confederate flag, banned. So we've seen this share. I've seen this shared a couple different times, and there's been discussions that ensued, usually with far right wing, you know, uh, Confederate flag apologists. And I want to just set the record straight for everybody that one, the Confederate flag is not banned. Yes. And I think what they're talking about is like Walmart no longer wants to sell it. They're, right. Has, has chosen to no longer sell it. Amazon, no longer going to sell it. eBay, no longer going to sell it. Whatever flag company, not going to sell it. You know, Etsy, no longer going to do right. business relative to the Confederate flag. Several businesses. Yeah, that doesn't mean that it's banned. It just means... Listen, we choose to sell a certain number of products and the Confederate flag merchandise isn't going to be among them. It's it doesn't mean it's banned. The, the, I, I it's it's akin to just because a store doesn't sell leprechaun costumes during Christmas doesn't mean lepre, leprechaun costumes are banned. <laughs> it just means it's not economically viable for them to to sell that at that time. <laughs> right. And it's their choice as a company to to choose to do that. Right. Well, it's also using the word banned is strange because the government didn't come out and ban all companies right. from selling the Confederate flag. Well, it's not just it's it's manipulative is what it is. And any individual can go out and if they want to purchase a Confederate flag from whatever company has decided to continue selling them. Yeah, do your thing. They can do that if they want to put it on their car. They can do that. You want to fly it in your front yard. You can do that. You want to wear it as a dress. You can do that. It's. This is America, and you have the freedom of speech, and I would support your right to do that. So nothing's banned. And also, where would you go buy a, a an ISIL flag? Legal to sell? Are are those just a are they a hot commodity? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure next week, like Urban Outfitters will have a shirt with the ISIL <laughs> flag on it because it's controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe the person who made the butt plug and dildo ISIL flag oh, for the yeah. gay pride parade. Maybe they're making those in mass. I uh, I might pick me up one of those. Yeah, trying to make some money with, off that with the floppity dildos. There's a <laughs> there's another meme that I've been seeing that that I think would be fun to discuss. Oh yeah, lay it on me. It is the one that says everyone in America is free to live how they want to live, except for if you are a straight. White Republican male, oh yeah, gun owning Southerner. So everybody else has freedom <laughs> in this country except for that guy. Yeah, except for white people, right. men, right? Conservatives. Yeah, well, listen, Brittany. <laughs> white conservative males who live in the South are traditionally a very oppressed uh, group. <laughs> they, yeah, you know they've they've lived under the thumb of the black man for many many years. And it's high time that they finally get some freedom <laughs> yeah, around this place. Yeah, I mean, place. it's really unfortunate. <laughs> it's a tragedy. They could use some help. I would like to know in what ways they don't have freedom. Well, again, it goes back to the Confederate flag issue where people believe it's being banned. And I've seen many people yeah. sharing this. And it's just, it's not banned, everybody. Any individual <laughs> right. is free to do whatever they want yeah. with the Confederate flag. I'm just so confused by this logic. But apparently they think it's advancing some sort of talking point that they feel is important. Well, I don't all, know. They, you know. Hear me! 
They can all gather around their little campfire and 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 cry their crocodile tears about what an oppressed group they are. But you know, calm down, white male conservative Southerners who gu- own guns. Goddamn. We need to have a video uh, just to show what happens when you start playing the banjo music because <laughs> we both start kind of dancing to it. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, one last piece of follow-up and we're going to move on. Last time we talked about Jim Carrey and his Twitter rampage in the wake of Governor Jerry Brown, the governor of California, signing the signing away any ability to have a personal or religious exemption relative to vaccines. And the way that works is you're not allowed to go to enroll in public school if you have not gotten your vaccine, if you're not up to date on your vaccine. So it kind of stops you from furthering in your education, which there are civil penalties for as well. So in the wake of this, Jim Carrey kind of teetering on the edge shot off about 15 crazy tweets and also was tweeting pictures of autistic children red-faced and crying you know whether they're throwing tantrums or just frustrated beyond belief and and you know just exerting just you know they they were at the end of their rope and very emotional and he didn't have permission apparently no. So in one of these tweets, I mean, he tweeted several different pictures of children, like you're saying, having emotional breakdowns or whatever. Yeah. And so one of the tweets said a trillion dollars buys a lot of expert opinions. Will it buy you? And then in all bold, because I'm assuming that he's yelling toxin free vaccines, a reasonable request. And he attached a photo of this boy who happens to be 14 year old Alex Eccles. And his family obviously is not happy about it because Jim Carrey did not get permission right. to use this photo of his of their child. And he probably has a million Twitter followers. Yes. So Alex's aunt came out and said, I'm very disgusted and sickened. Alex had these conditions before he was ever vaccinated. Right. The family says that Alex was diagnosed with tuberous sclerosis, a genetic syndrome, when he was six weeks old and has a history of autism, seizures, and self-injurious behaviors. They tell his story on alexneedshelp.com, a website his family set up to advocate for the use of medical marijuana, the only treatment, they say, that helps manage his condition. His aunt demanded that this photo be removed and said she's disgusted that a celebrity would use a photo like this that was used in the first place to spread awareness of tuberous sclerosis to mock him. And she says, even if it was not Jim Carrey's intended outcome, it is what has ended up happening. So this photo ended up being taken down, but not after it was retweeted hundreds of times. Well, I just looked and he doesn't have a million followers. He's got 14.7 million followers. So he's tweeting without the permission of the family, a minor and it's, it's irresponsible. Well, he apologized, so he tweeted an apology. I'd like to apologize to the Eccles family and others for posting a pic of their kids without permission. I didn't mean to cause them distress. And that just seems, I mean, what it illustrates to me is that he was so riled up oh, and so sure angry yeah. 
that he was just ready to do anything to advance his argument and he needed some pictures of children because well what's going to trigger yeah. that reaction in people's brains while they're reading this is sure. seeing a photo of a distressed child along with it and it's disturbing that he would use children like that just irresponsible i mean listen i don't think jim carrey's a bad guy i just think you know he's funny he's not real smart <laughs> all right moving on Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. A lot going on. We've got two new entrants, and I have a, an, a, an apology to issue to the audience. Oh, good. It, what? Oh, I don't know. I just like when you have to apologize or you're in trouble. <laughs> What's going on? Well, uh, we have a two new Democratic candidates in the race, officially, Jim Webb, the former senator from Virginia, and we missed one. So I'm going to apologize that I wasn't on top of my shit enough to know that Lincoln Chafee, the former governor of Rhode Island and also former Republican, he is also in the race, but he entered the race June 3rd at a very low-key speech at George Mason University. But here's my theory on this. I think he's running for vice president. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he. I don't think that he's necessarily in it for, for to to go to the show. Mm-hmm. I think he's go in it to maybe get a, a vice presidential nod or maybe a cabinet post out of the deal. I don't know. He just you don't come out and no, with no press and no serious take on the the campaign when you're really serious. Yeah. I, I don't know. So anyway, those two are new. So now we've got a five-person field in the race for the Democratic nomination. Getting exciting. Yeah. So let's let's take this time to do our soon-to-be-famous Candidates on the Issues segment, part of the Dollamocracy series. <laughs> so let's talk about Lincoln Chafee and Jim Webb. So we'll start with Lincoln Chafee. He is 62 years old, like you said, a former governor and senator from Rhode Island. And he was appointed to the Senate in 1999 as a Republican to replace his father, John Chafee, who had died. That's right. That's when I worked there. He was elected the next year and was the only senator in his party to vote against going to the war in Iraq. Hmm. And after being defeated by Sheldon Whitehouse in 2006, he was elected governor in 2010 as an independent, but later became a Democrat. So he has been (laughs) everything. Yeah, he has. (laughs) Okay, so foreign policy. In 2002, he voted against authorizing the war in Iraq. He said, quote, it was all rhetoric about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, arguing that the war, which Hillary Clinton voted to authorize as a senator from New York, helped set the stage for the rise of ISIL. He has called for warming of relations with Iran, saying Washington should use an approach to Tehran that is similar to what President Nixon did in opening up to China in 1972 and visiting Beijing. Yeah, except China is not run by religious nutters. It's it's a different thing. He's just he's not a viable candidate. He doesn't have real ideas and he has fringe ideas relative to the creation of ISIL. It's it, go ahead. 
I've already discounted him now. <laughs> Apparently, you have multiple litmus tests. Right, right. So for the environment, he signed legislation to have the state reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 80% by 2050. Quote, man-made greenhouse gases will have profound effects on the global climate, weather patterns, and ocean conditions effects that the state cannot afford to ignore. He has supported recent federal efforts to reduce carbon emissions from power plants. Okay. Same-sex marriage. In 2010, he signed into law a bill legalizing same-sex marriage in Rhode Island. Right. Immigration. He supports establishing guest worker programs with a pass with a path towards citizenship for immigrants in the country illegally. I I could get behind something like that. And then finally, for the economy and the budget, he favors raising the minimum wage and has generally embraced the Affordable Care Act. He has also taken positions embraced by many Republicans, like supporting the privatization of Social Security and approving a f- and approving of free trade agreements. On fiscal issues, he voted in 2001 and 2003 against President George W. Bush's tax cuts and has opposed eliminating the federal estate tax. As governor, he tried to expand Rhode Island's sales tax to close a budget gap, but he later oversaw a reduction in the state's corporate tax to 7% from 9%. Hmm. All right. Well, good. Let's move on to Jim Webb. So Jim Webb is a Virginia Democrat who was elected to the Senate in 2006 and served a single term. He announced on Thursday that he's running for president. He's a Vietnam veteran Mm -hmm. and former Navy secretary under President Ronald Reagan. That's right. Has policy positions that do not fall neatly along party lines. Yeah, he's he's a more of a maverick than well probably anybody in the. In the race. Okay, so for foreign policy, he has been a persistent critic of the Iraq war, warning in 2002 that, quote, those who are pushing for a unilateral war in Iraq know full well that there is no exit strategy if we invade. He is also he was right. He has also been more critical than the rest of the Democratic field of President Obama's efforts to reach a deal with Iran to curtail its nuclear program, saying, quote, the end result of this could well be our acquiescence in allowing Iran to develop a nuclear weapon. But he has praised Obama's approach of using sanctions against Russia for its support of the rebels in Ukraine. Yeah, good. So same-sex marriage. He once opposed same-sex marriage, but he says his views have evolved and he now supports it, calling it a good thing for the country. Maybe something to be expected for someone who worked for uh, President Ronald Reagan. All right. How about uh, environment? So he has drawn criticism from Democrats for some of his past positions on the environment. In 2011, he voted in favor of a measure to halt the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate greenhouse gases. He has also expressed support for the Keystone XL pipeline to take oil from the oil sands of Alberta to the U.S. So that's not a very Democratic position at all. No, but it's a wise one. And he has called on President Obama to allow for oil and natural gas exploration off the coastline of Virginia. Huh. All right, let's wrap it up with his economic outlook or viewpoints. So like his rivals for the Democratic nomination, he has put economic inequality at the center of his campaign. He has said that he would work to simplify the tax code, reducing the corporate tax rate to promote domestic job growth, but closing loopholes exploited by business and the rich. In the Senate, he supported raising capital gains taxes and taxing bonuses paid to Wall Street executives whose banks or financial services firms had received government bailout money so that's definitely a democratic principle on the economy yeah but i don't have any problem with any of that i think lowering the 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 corporate tax rate is a good thing we have one of the highest corporate tax rates as a nation in the world and that's all sensible stuff he's talking about 
I mean, I don't know about the capital gains. It would really depend upon his particular plan and where the numbers would fall. But he, you know, he seems like a guy that I, I'd like to learn more about. Well, he's definitely not just a down-the-line Democratic candidate, so... Yeah, for sure not. That's awesome. All right, well, uh, a little bit more here. The Donald Trump fiasco continues. He, as you might remember, had all kinds of uh, super interesting things to say last week. Somebody's doing the raping, Don. (laughs) It appears that he tweeted something, I don't know, I guess I would say hateful. Or at least, at the very least, inflammatory about Jeb Bush's wife, and like an idiot, he deleted the tweet. Like that makes it go away. Right. Well, he actually retweeted the tweet. It was written by Rob Helbron, and it said hashtag Jeb Bush has to like the Mexican illegals because of his wife. Ugh. And Donald Trump retweeted this on the Fourth of July. And that retweet has subsequently been deleted because obviously that is <laughs> not a right. good thing to do. Right. Not very smart. So you know it's bad when even the guy who fires off at the mouth constantly when he thinks it's bad. Right. Well, and he's even been continuing. That's the thing. So he he's been saying these things about illegal immigrants and... He's just continuing to dig that hole. Right. Oh, yeah. He's not backing away from that at all. In fact, he's he's getting fired, like we said last time, from NBC and Macy's. And he's doubling down. And now he's calling them cowards. And they're, what a weak organization. And oh, I only sold a few ties there. It wasn't the big deal. It wasn't the big deal. It's, he's, he is what is making me depressed about this, this race. That he in the, he's in the polls right now. And he's doing extremely well he is second place in the polls in iowa new hampshire and nationally yeah that's that is a depressing thing for me they also say i mean this might make you feel a little bit better so he's tied for second in iowa with ben carson (laughs) yeah you know it 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 all it just bums me out and you know i don't really i i don't it's not that i don't really have any uh, uh loyalty or affinity to the republican party i don't have any I'm not a Republican at all. I do consider myself mildly conservative, but as time goes on and and I find that he's second place and then sometimes tied with with Dr. Ben Carson, goddamn, um, it really pushes me to maybe label myself more of a centrist than a conservative. But let me tell you, I've had this thought this week that if this continues, I might just consider myself a conservative Democrat. Uh-oh. Which is a, 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 a wildly depressing thought for me. Oh, dear. Well, one, I don't want party affiliation because I think it's it's broken and it doesn't help the country. However, I can't align myself with a party that is defending the Confederate flag, that is defending not giving all of its citizens equal protection under the law. Mm-hmm. It's, pro- it's very problematic for me, and I it's it's bumming me out. So we'll go from one extreme to the other, and I'm not comparing Bernie Sanders to Donald Trump, but on the level of from crazy to crazy like a fox, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Bernie Sanders was on with Jake Tapper, one of my favorites over at CNN, and had an 11-minute interview. And so we're obviously not going to play the whole thing, but very good. Like I've said about Bernie Sanders, I might not agree with him on, on very, very much at all, 
I know that he's an honest man. He, it's a guy who, who he's going to shoot you straight. He's not a liar. And Jake Tapper tried to pin him down about the one issue that he is getting a lot of shit up from Democrats about, and it happens to be guns. One issue where your Democratic rivals are starting to hit you is the fact that you have in the past sided with the NRA on some gun, issue, gun issues. Earlier this year, uh, the parents of one of the 12 innocent people killed during the Aurora movie theater shooting, they saw their lawsuit to hold ammunition sellers liable for the attack. They saw that dismissed, and one of the reasons was a law that you voted for, which protects manufacturers of firearms and ammunition uh, from being sued. Why did you vote that way? Well, let me just talk about guns for a moment. Uh, we have been yelling and screaming at each other about guns for decades with very little success. I come from a state that has virtually no gun control. But the people of my state understand, I think pretty clearly, that guns in Vermont are not the same thing as guns in Chicago or guns in Los Angeles. In our state, guns are used for hunting. In Chicago, they're used for kids in gangs killing other kids or people shooting at police officers, shooting down innocent people. We need a sensible debate about gun control, which overcomes the cultural divide that exists in this country. And I think I can play an important role in this. I voted to ban a, a semi-automatic assault weapons. I voted to make sure that there's an instant background check. I voted uh, to make sure that guns do not get into the hands of people who should not have them by doing away with the loophole that exists in the gun show legislation. Virtually every campaign that I have been in where the NRA and the gun folks have had a position, they voted and supported, op opposed me. In fact, I have about a D-minus record from the NRA. Now, the issues that you're talking about is if somebody has a gun and it falls into the hands of a murderer and that murderer kills somebody with the gun, do you hold the gun manufacturer responsible? Not any more than you would hold a hammer company responsible if somebody beats somebody over the head with a hammer. That is not what a lawsuit should be about. And this is part, by the way, I may say, of, you know, folks who do not like guns is fine. But we have millions of people who are gun owners in this country. 99.9% of those people obey the law. I want to see real serious debate and action on guns. But it is not going to take place if we simply have extreme positions on both sides. I think I can bring us to the middle. So he said something profound there, very good. And then he also said something very profoundly stupid. And I'm surprised that he would say it. And I'm surprised no one's jumped on him for having said it. First, that with which I agree is the hammer analogy. That why would you sue a gun company or an ammunition company? It's like suing Hankel's knives if someone gets stabbed. It's, right. it's exactly what it's like, and mm -hmm. it, it just it shouldn't be that way. They they should tamper, they should temper the ability of 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 plaintiffs to bring those type of lawsuits because it just doesn't make sense. Well, so it seems like a pretty reasonable response that he gave yeah well except for the fact that he says gun ownership is not the same in vermont as it is is in chicago or la mm -hmm. so what he's saying for what i'm hearing let's say what i'm hearing him say is white people in vermont can be trusted with guns 
but blacks in Chicago or Mexicans in L.A., they can't be trusted with guns. It's either all or nothing because of equal protection under the Constitution. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. We are all equal. We all have equal rights. So I'm, I have a, a big problem with that particular segment of what he said. Right. And we know that about you, that you... That I want everyone treated equally? No, well, that, that you, <laughs> on guns particularly, that it is your position that if you want to have, you know, a tank, then you should be able to have a tank. Yeah. Why not? And there's already laws against firing the tank into a building or smashing cars with it. But if I have a 5,000-acre ranch and I think a tank is fun to drive and I want to have a tank on my property... Whose business is it that I have a tank? If I'm not doing anything that's already illegal with it, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> so the whole why do you need argument is, is one that I hate. Because it doesn't matter why I need it. There's lots of stuff that I own that I don't need. It really is a difficult thing to argue against. I mean, you know, because... Your intuition would suggest, well, you know, well, why do you need a tank? And so then you go to the argument, well, I don't have to need one. It's, you know, yeah. there's laws against me murdering people. There's already these other laws that are in place to punish me if I do something wrong sure. with the weapons that I possess. Right. And so it is kind of this this logical argument that is difficult to navigate. And so I see where you're coming from. But there is still that intuition that people have where they want to be protected and they feel comforted by a gun control laws. Well, they fear that which they don't know much about. Yes. and But I think it's mostly that they, they feel more comforted if there were laws in right. place. They feel like that would protect them from bad things happening. What, what I can get behind that Bernie was just saying is or mr sanders <laughs> senior sanders what i can get behind is tightening up the restrictions relative to background checks to make sure that people with with a history of mental illness don't get their hands on weapons you know the the james holmes or the adam lanzas of the world they should not have access to guns so I, I don't have a problem with tightening up restrictions relative to instant background checks and stuff like that and closing the loopholes for gun shows. I don't have a problem with that. I don't. But I think these assault weapons bans are ridiculous because all they do is if it looks like a military-grade weapon, if it just looks that way, then it's banned. When it's sometimes less powerful than some hunting rifles and less capable of doing damage than hunting rifles, but they just look scary, so let's right. ban them. Well, right. that's, that's not logical. That doesn't make sense. Well, and especially when you don't know anything about guns. Like, I I don't know anything about guns. Yeah, but so, the politicians who govern should. No, I understand that. Yeah. But when people talk about, well, we need to ban all semi-automatic weapons, 
And then you learn that a semi-automatic weapon is any weapon that just shoots in succession. Yeah, you, you pull the trigger and it shoots. So any pistol is a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah, and so then it... <laughs> and I think people, you know, the average person that doesn't have a lot of experience with guns, when they hear semi-automatic weapon, they automatically think like machine gun or something. Right. Like the Terminator. Yeah, that's fully automatic. <laughs> that is a fully automatic weapon. So I think a lot of it is... Not really knowing a whole lot about guns, Well, too. and I think the Democratic Party and liberals in, in general, most liberals who are anti-gun control, which is most liberals, uh, they capitalize on that fear and that ignorance of the American people. All right, we're, we're going to move on because we're going to end up going long here. Um, I guess that's it for Dollamocracy. We do want to move on to a little data because everybody loves the data. Pew, 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 pew. pew. So for the Pew segment, we're going to do the five key takeaways on what influences Americans' views of science. They just released um, new public opinion surveys. And since politics are at the center of many of Americans' views on, you know, many different things. Sure. Especially science issues. Right. That's a big one when it comes to politics. They did some five key takeaways from this latest data. That's awesome. So the first one is Americans are deeply divided politically on climate change and energy issues. 71% of Democrats and independents who lean to the Democratic Party say that the earth is getting warmer because of human activity, compared to only 27% of Republicans and independents who lean Republican. So that is huge. That's 71% versus 27%. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, as, as we see when we read these on the issues between the candidates, there is a large disparity between the candidates on whether or not, one, climate change is even happening. Right. And then, two, whether or not it is caused by humans primarily. Yeah. So then the second key takeaway, politics alone does not divide Americans on science issues. And we've talked about this before. Political ideology and party are either not related or weakly related to views on many biomedical food safety and space issues. For example, a similar share, 87 percent of Democrats and Republicans, 88 percent, say vaccines are generally safe for children. And liberals, 41%, moderates, 36%, and conservatives, 37%, are about equally likely to say it's safe to eat genetically modified foods. Other science issues without major differences by political leanings include views on access to experimental drugs and views about government investment in the International Space Station. Hmm. And we know which political leaning would uh, generally be in favor of experimental drugs. Of course. And is it generally conservatives that are uh, in favor of government investment in the International Space Station? I thought that was Democrats as well. Uh, I, I wouldn't say conservatives, no. I think, uh, I think conservatives typically are apprehensive of, of pouring money into NASA because there's not a, an immediate view of what you can gain through, through that investment. Okay, so the third key takeaway... I would not be one of them. I'm for, you know, I would double NASA's budget. I, I think that very valuable. I think that we're not forward-looking enough, even relative to just tracking asteroids that are going to smash into the goddamn planet. <laughs> I'm sure that is something that Space Chief would agree with you on. Yes, Space Chief. <laughs> so the third key takeaway, there are strong generational differences on climate change, energy issues, and other topics. Now, this is just obvious because this happens all the time, so... Uh, 65 and older, 
on climate change, 31% of those ages 65 and older say that the earth is warming due to human activity compared to 60% of those 18 to 29. Back in my day. <laughs> exactly. And there are also generational there are also generational differences on other science topics like childhood vaccines. Sure. So 37% of adults under the age of 50 say parents should be able to decide whether or not to vaccinate their children compared to 22% of those aged 50 and older. And this is an interesting one. When it comes to the idea of changing a baby's genetic characteristics in order to reduce the risk of serious diseases, 56% of those age 65 or older say this would be taking medical advances too far <laughs> compared with just 42% of those 18 to 29. So they're just a little yeah. weary of things yeah, and yeah. they're well, more traditional. They'll be gone soon. So okay, we'll be turning a corner to modernity very soon. Mm. So the fourth key takeaway, education is linked to views on a variety of science issues, including the safety of genetically modified foods and nuclear power. Mm -hmm. A majority, 57% of Americans with a postgraduate degree, consider GMOs to be safe to eat. <laughs> while 62 Hang on, I want you to read that again. 56% of those with postgraduate degrees consider yeah. GMOs to be safe to eat. Yeah, so who are you going to take your advice from? But I haven't compared it to anything yet. Evolutionunleashed.com. 62% of Americans with a high school degree or less say they are generally unsafe to eat. I know who I throw my vote behind. And those, and 48% of those with more science knowledge, those who answered at least five of six science knowledge questions correctly, say that GMOs are safe to eat, compared with 26% of those having less science knowledge, those who answered four or fewer mm. science question knowledge That's not surprising, but still interesting. Well, I think it's interesting that they even provide a survey to assess your science knowledge really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and, well, it's pew. They don't fuck around. Okay, and then the final key takeaway. Men and women disagree on many science issues, most prominently on the use of animals in research. <laughs> Let me guess. Let me guess. Men really don't like animals being used for research. <laughs> Right. Of course not. 60% of men favor the use of animals in research compared with 35% of women. Wow. That is a stark difference. Yeah. But the use of animals in research is not the only science issue with gender differences. Men and women differ on energy issues with men more likely to favor building more nuclear power plants, more offshore drilling, and the increased use of fracking. And men and women also differ on food with women less likely to say it's safe to eat genetically modified foods and foods grown with pesticides. So come on ladies let's stop i don't know i'm i'm uh i'm i'm kind of on the fence about the fracking i used to be in favor of it but they're really doing doing it up in oklahoma right now and they're they're experiencing earthquakes and all kinds of crazy shits happening so uh, i don't know <laughs> i i'm just not sure i think we know you don't know by that noise you just but, made uh, but some of the other stuff you know i'm definitely on board with the dudes yeah all right Taking care of biz. So we're going to have something unusual for taking care of biz today because normally these people are um, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so for taking care of biz, we have Twitter users during Q&A's with yeah. celebrities. Well, we bitched about Twitter earlier relative to uh, Dylan Roof's sister and how the internet freaks out and there's so much manufactured outrage. But this is a case where 
the 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 manufactured snark of the internet can be an awesome thing. Right. So these are the instances where some political candidate or some celebrity does the hashtag ask insert name here. Yeah. And then you can mark your tweet with the hashtag ask that person so they can read through all these tweets and then do a Q&A on Twitter. Which to me is just a bad, bad idea. Right. So we'll do a couple of examples here. The first one we'll talk you, about. I thought you were going to say we'll do a Q&A with the audience. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Especially not after your gun control revelations on this episode. Ask Jesse D. Hashtag ask Jesse D. Okay. So Bobby Jindal did one of these Q&As. We've got to stop being the stupid party. Him. <laughs> yes. And it did not go very well. No. So these were some of the questions that he received during his Q&A. Did Jesus ride dinosaurs with or without a saddle? <laughs> Well, see, it would have been funny on its face if it was just, did Jesus ride dinosaurs? But he wanted to know specifically, because everybody knows Jesus rode dinosaurs, but would, was it was it Western or bareback? Yes. Yeah. So this next question was, what's your all-time favorite exorcism and why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, another person said, can I have your stuff after the rapture? That's awesome. But th he wasn't the only one that did the, the Twitter Q&A. No. Um, J.P. Morgan has also done one. The the banking company? Yes. Huh. And someone wrote, can I have my house back? Oh. Yeah. And also asked how many lives they have to ruin before they're satisfied. Goddamn. When are they going to learn? But then... This last week, I think it was this last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, E.L. James, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey, that, is that three novels or just one or whatever, those books, she wrote, it's a she, right? Yes. She wrote the same thing, Ask E.L. James or whatever, and there was a whole bunch of really, really good questions. Yeah, so these tweets were pretty... Uh... <laughs> Pretty good. Someone said, my boss said no when I asked if I could kiss him, and then I did anyway, because no means yes, right? Things at work are awkward. <laughs> this person wrote, do you think Christian Gray's troubled childhood justifies the barely consensual abuse he inflicts on all of his lovers? Mm. This person wrote, I need advice on making a big romantic gesture. Should I put a GPS tracker in her phone and make threats if she tries to leave? <laughs> <laughs> So obviously playing on the borderline abusive relationship that's portrayed in the book. You're being nice with the borderline. Someone asked, which do you hate more, women or the English language? <laughs> Another person wrote, is there a safe word we can use to get you to stop writing such drivel? <laughs> the, those two are my favorite, I think. This person said, what do you hate more? A, good literature. B, consent. C, women. D, healthy relationships. E, all of the above. Hmm. Eh. <laughs> so I guess our advice to companies, to authors, and especially to politicians, goddamn, is don't take part, don't initiate question and answer sessions on Twitter. It's you might as well go on YouTube and solicit honest advice. 
Right. I mean, even if you are a very well-liked celebrity, like, say, Chris Pratt, I mean, you're still going to have trolls that are going to try to ruin your day and say horrible things. Absolutely. So just be weary of that. God damn. So funny. I just love when when it takes off. Like, didn't Bill Cosby recently do one of these, too? I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. Maybe that'll be for next time. All right. We are going to leave you there. We love you. We appreciate you very much. If you would like to join the Patreon army of supporters who are helping us move the conversation forward, go to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. There you can donate 25, 50 cents an episode, whatever particular amount feels good to you. Every little bit goes a long way. You can set a monthly budget, a monthly maximum so you don't go over your budget. It's an awesome thing, and it really helps us a lot. We appreciate it so, so much. There's also Amazon.com. There's a link on the left-hand side of the website, dollamore.com. If you're going to go and treat yourself and buy yourself a nice little gift on Amazon and you're going to spend your money there anyway, why not help support your favorite show filled with news News. and ridiculous comment? For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been yet again... I doubt it. I'm a grown man. I shouldn't have to say, (laughs) hey, listen, Space Chief. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.